Hello and welcome to the Respectably Podcast. I'm Nikki Pope, your host for this hairdressing conversation. Today we are looking at photography and my guests are Tomer Nagar, who is a hairstylist and style director for Tony and Guy. He works at the Shoreditch Salon and is also an educator at the Tony and Guy London Academy. Tomer is from Israel. He came to the UK eight years ago and last year won the experimental one in the Big One Trophy Competition 2022. We're joined by Bruno Mark, who is one of the brothers who own the Four Salon Strong Mark Antony Group here in South of England. Bruno is a multi-award winner in his own right and in 2021 picked up the team one at the Big One Trophy Awards. Bruno is the International Creative Director for Joico and heads up the creative teams for both salon and brand collection shoots. Together we'll talk about all things photography, both in creating collections and where we go from here. Hello and welcome to the Respectfully Podcast, Bruno and Tomer. Lovely to see you. Thank you. Thank you. It's good to be here. Yeah, I thought we, I would bring you two together on the basis that um, whilst you have lots and lots of skills in your hairdressing portfolio, photography is one that has really we've really seen a lot of. Bruno, just in a very quick way, explain your history of photography. How did you become to do collections as a hairdresser? Well, I started, I think, when we first got into photography, I started, it's the ego thing. You want to do a shot and you want to get a front cover. Yeah. And even now, you know, 40 years on, like when we won the uh, awards tribute for artistic team, when we were in your magazine, first thing I'm doing is spreading it all around the salon, getting extra copies. It really excites me. And um, I was 28 years old when I first started. And my mentor then, because I knew nothing about doing a hair shot for the camera, was Terry Calvert. Wow, yeah. And um, he used to let me have the freedom to do the hair and I would do it all beautiful and neat like you do in the salon and then he would just come over and wreck it. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Mishmash mosh as I call it. Yeah. And I was like, oh my God. And then you'd look on the screen of what I did and what he did and it just came alive. Yeah, right. And um, yeah, and then I've just progressed and I've always done collections and shoots for myself but I would say in the early days it was more egotistical what I call egotistical for the hairdresser yeah you, you do these funny shapes it's all about your passion and then I've learned as I've become with other brands and to actually do hair that the consumer likes as well so I was just going to say how do you think that photography has accelerated your career 100% and, and your business 100% yeah because Without that, it, you're spreading to a bigger audience, a wider audience. Yeah. I mean, don't get me wrong, there's some fantastic salons and fantastic hairdressers out there, and they don't do photography. But I was brought up in an era where we never had social media. Right. So, the, or should I say, the Instagrams, the Facebooks, all that. So yeah. basically, the only way to get ourselves out there was with magazines like yourself. I mean, I remember in the early days, I would send um, the images across with a little box chocolates or anything yeah. to try and get, <laughs> get a, attention. Foot, a foot up and is my image any good and then you get feedback it's a bit you know it's not quite what we're looking for is it so yeah um, you but you just keep it. knocking on the door and then when you do some good images you get more feedback so you tend to direct yourself more down that line yeah and I've just kind of worked with constant feedback from editors magazine editors like yourself 
I'm doing different things and just growing with the experience. Yeah, yeah. And Tomer, so you are arguably a different generation from Bruno, I'm imagining. So you, you started um, work as a hairdresser in Israel, your father was a hairdresser, I think you said. Tell us about photography in your world of hairdressing. Was it something that featured when you were training or is it? So for me, photography, it's become where I came to London. Right. Because in Israel, there was no much work in it. I was mainly in the salon with my dad. My dad trained me. And when I moved to London, my walls of photography have been opened to my eyes. Right. Wow. And um, especially in Tony and Guy, because Tony and Guy really... Um, give you the opportunity to go and do photo shoots and yeah. you got a lot of mentors into academy even if you're a young professional yeah. hairdresser in the salon they always mentor you to go and do photography right. and help you around it like once a year for example in Alpine when I started we used to do a one day shoot for um, for uh, once a year right. to do competition to yeah. make the young generation to go for lower color trophy or weller that's uh, right to encourage the youngsters yeah yeah definitely. exactly and from where i started doing that my eyes were open and i wanted to do more and more and more and that's how you start to get more creative and you open your eyes to different type of hairdressing skills yeah because photography and doing hair in the salon is completely different story and also the hair with the camera and without the camera, it's a different way how you look at it. Yeah. Um, and that's how I start to do more hair with uh, photography, and I met a lot of contacts with different artists like yeah. makeup artists and stylists and photographers. And now one of my best friends is uh, my photographer. Yeah. Tom Marsha. Useful, brilliant. <laughs> we, all, we all need a photographer friend. Yes, it's brilliant. Yeah. And, you know, we hang out a lot together. Like, yeah, so I you was with really him in, last night. Yeah, so, it's um, so he knows my taste. I know his taste. Yeah. And every time we shoot together, I show him my idea. And then we're working together about it. And we're going to the studio doing some hair. He gives his feedback, I give my feedback. Yeah. and build that bonding together to create that beautiful image that we're looking yeah, for. So you have an understanding. And I think a little quick history lesson for anybody listening who doesn't know this, and Bruno, you can prompt me if you think I'm... Not. Tony and Guy, along with arguably Sassoon, for example, were one of the first companies that would create a collection, a photographic collection, that would promote what they were going to teach for the rest of the year. So you would go to Salon International, see the Tony and Guy show, see the new collection that they brought out, and then they would then educate using that collection for the rest of the year. Is that still how it works, that you have a collection that represents? Exactly. So um, we're doing a lot of individual shoots for the DHA, and then we build up our collection, our creative collection, that we've, with that collection we're running throughout the year. Um, and usually in the academy, we're doing like three or four days creative course that with that collection we're running. Yeah. So it's quite nice because we have a really diverse collection every year. Yeah. With and different that artists that come in and we build it together as a team. Yeah. And, and then I think it's also was with the first way that you could almost have like a menu in a salon that you could go to a Tony and Guy or, you know, a group, look at the sort of like the different styles and almost say I want that one or that one which I know now a lot of I've companies do use that that mode of doing yeah, it. Yeah I mean for me Tony and Guy have been a massive inspiration and they've driven British hairdressing not just British hairdressing but worldwide hairdressing. I mean for me I remember when Tony and Guy opened up a salon right opposite one of my salons 
and straight away you're making sure your team are on an <laughs> this level because they had all their beautiful imagery in the salon. They had everything, yeah. you know, coordinated. And um, I look up to them and um, like Sassoon's, they were one of my biggest followers when I was yeah. starting well, it, out my salon. Again, a bit of sort of history. It was a perfect family setup because Anthony became interested in being a photographer, um, Anthony Muscolo, and then Sasha Muscolo was super interested in the fashion element of it and the connection with London Fashion Week and, and all those worlds and, and the makeup yeah. and then you had Tony who would be the real business brains yeah. and then um, Bruno I think doing the product so it's kind of like it was a fantastic um, family yeah. family uh, setup that has really um, continued so I think my point there is so Teme you made the connection there um, between collections shooting for your own self challenge yourself to experiment to, to express your own taste and things but then you would also have the the creative um collection which is then taught so photography helps with education but also for branding somewhere so your group for example mark anthony would have an aesthetic that would that you would put through all the collections that would then promote the business yes 100 percent. i mean some of my pictures i answer for the awards depending on which awards i'm going for nine out of ten times would not be in the salon window. The salon windows are more commerciality, beautiful colours, following the fashion of what it is at the moment. Yeah. I mean, at the moment, most of my salon windows are filled with long, flouncy hair, you know, <laughs> beautiful chestnuts, auburns, a blonde, because I would say now, I don't know what you, you think, but 80% of the clientele now have hair past their shoulders. Yeah. You know, I might do the odd yeah. bob or the little halo, and the clients that before lockdown that had bobs and these nice little wedges or fireflies, they now have all moved on to longer hair past the collarbone. So, yeah. And I feel there is a, a younger generation now that when I'm being asked to teach, they like we were asked to teach last week, can you do pixie haircuts? Well, that's kind of the basic foundation, short yeah. little haircuts. But everyone now, there is like when the Tony and Guy era did bedhead and launched and everything was gunky with products and everyone did mohawks and razors. Now we're into long hair, but everyone does a blow dry and then use an iron. So the skill I find with the younger hairdressers is not as strong as it was going yeah, back. And the cutting. Yeah. Produce. I definitely agree. I definitely agree. The hair is now a bit longer now. Mm. It's getting into the shoulders, but still have that kind of um, nice layering in yeah. the front that give it kind of the same contrast but give it a little bit more uh, kind of a mix together and a lot of um, ladies in the salon are looking for long hair with long shoulders yeah, yeah. Um, and what about photography do you find Tomer people are showing you pictures photographs does do photographs help when you're doing your salon clients do you show them photographs and say do you want it like this do you oh let yeah. them show you or is it like actually doesn't really yeah 100% I think when you're in the salon um, images help you a lot to get to what the clients want because you can have the best consultation and sometimes your words and your client words is not necessarily the same clashing yeah, even so yeah. images helps a lot to get to the points what the clients want and you can uh, show the clients what you can do and what you cannot do with um, what the density she have or he have on the hair yeah. so images definitely helps um, for example, I have a bank of different images of pixie, a pop, below shoulders, above shoulders, 
a mallet um, shaggy right, that see, is prepped a... before that if I have a client that he kind of not finding the middle part I'm coming with the images and show her yeah. what you like here yeah tell me go through and have you always done it that way um, no, just in the recently years, I started doing it. When yeah. I start education, I'm more into like going into details. And all, so and does it help also because English isn't your first language, I guess. And then you have a lot of international students probably through Tony and guys. So do you find photography helps to get past the language barrier? Oh when yeah, hundred percent. Because you have a proof on on a paper that you can show them and see if what's if they're happy with it or not. And yeah. photography, I think, is a great skill for the start. Yeah, yeah. And Bruno, do you use photography when you're doing your training? Do you, do you use images to... We use, we use images and all the shows and all the training we do, either on a um, big screen or a small screen. We show everything beforehand. Um, I think it's important. I mean, everything you just said, imagery helps you with everything with the clients now. Yeah. I mean, I'm sure you're the same. We get the clients coming now, they want a balayage or a colour, they show us four or five, six different images. Which may not even have balayage in them. Yeah, but, <laughs> but, but they think it does. But what we do now, because obviously, and I'm going to say this, since we've come out of COVID, clients are more demanding, mm. they complain more. We have to, our standards have to be, you know, at another level. Mm. So now when they show us a picture of half a dozen pictures, and it used to be, well, that's not the picture, you've done it like this and I want it like that. So now we take a screenshot ourselves of that picture. Oh, really? And we agree that that's the picture. Really? Oh, wow. because they will show you three or four different blondes. One's a golden blonde, one's an ash blonde, one's a grey, grey blue blonde. Yeah. And then we agree on this one. And then a week later, oh no, that was the one I wanted. So we actually, we have to do more now with our yeah. phones that used in the salon yeah. with the girls. Yeah. Because imagery now is everything. It's yeah. 100%. And everybody now, clients will go straight away to their mobile, punch in long hair, short hair, like you just said, pixies, whatever, get them up and they get up half a dozen styles. Yeah, the whole so Pinterest. I think it's nice when they actually choose an image. Oh, I did that one. That's mine. Uh, no, yeah. Sometimes yeah. that happens. And Tony and Guy must have that millions of times yeah, yeah. they've got thousands and thousands of beautiful shots. So, Bruno, with a, when you if you shoot a new collection for... The, the brand for, for the Mark Anthony brand. Do you then change all the pictures in all the salons at the same time? Yes. You do. So it's like a clean sweep. It's like, right, this is the And new I, I took that from Tony and Guy's book. Did you? <laughs> like in the early day. Because when you see their salons, wherever it, their salons were, they had similar imagery. Yeah. So the front fascias were the same, the insides were different. So I just wanted to create a brand that everyone knew. So when they see the Henley brand or the Henley salon, the Mark Anthony salon in Bracknell, Fleet, so we've got similar similar imagery. So the, the collection, the imagery is very much part of the brand, really. Yeah, because 100%. Because it's the thing that, that changes. 100%. Yeah. I remember going back years ago, all the manufacturers used to preach to, you, to us, the, the salon owners, you've got a fantastic salon with beautiful windows. Why don't you put all your products in the window? Yeah. And I remember stalking all our windows and putting all sh shampoos and conditioners in there. And I was stood outside one day on my mobile, and these ladies wa walked past the salon and said, Oh, I never knew there was a chemist there. Oh, right, okay. <laughs> so straight away, I, was, I, I got all this, and we had seven salons at this point. I got all onto the salons. I said, right, I want every window cleaned out. I don't want any products in the window. I want all our imagery, because we are a hair salon. Yeah. 
Yeah, and that's and what we're saying. And I've got our beautiful imagery back in the front of the window. And, um, you know, our retail, we do, that's another era, but we do it through our stylist speaking to the clients. And the windows are now just for our imagery. Yeah. Wow. So, Beautiful. So bringing it to specifically, I wanted you two to join me today because of the big one awards that Tribute Magazine runs, which are open. Which I've entered. <laughs> Have you? Well done. Yes, <laughs> two categories. Have you? Me good. as well. <laughs> good. <laughs> well done, good boys. So, the big, so Tomer, you collected the trophy for the experimental one, which is, in other words, the avant-garde category, if you like. And I think that Tribute is sort of kind of slightly not so keen on using the word avant-garde because it kind of means so many different things. And it sometimes expresses in our view with my editor of tribute magazine head on this idea that it's sort of like not really related to hairdressing the skill of being a, a hairdresser in a salon or an educator so i think we felt that experimental expressed it a bit more it's like challenging yourself pushing um techniques you know coming up with things rather than avant-garde, which strictly means before the fashion, implying that this is going to become the fashion. So in its purest sense, avant-garde doesn't really do it for us. So Tomer, when did you start being interested in this more experimental kind of um, imagery that doesn't necessarily reflect what you do in the salon or what you educate? How did that come about for you? So for me, first of all, last year was the first time I won any trophy. Yeah, so right. Not the first of many times, I hope. To win the trophy, it's a big one. It was insane. I was so happy and so grateful. And for me to be the collection, you know, that's why also I'm so related to that trophy because it's an experimental one. And in the last few years, I've been shooting collections that have been finalists for, for example, for the British Airways Award. I never looked on the category. Right. Because that's the rules. That's what I need to do. Okay. I'm my vision is I've got an idea first start with idea and the minute I have the idea I start experimenting with it right like the name of your yeah. awards and when I start experimental put a mood board or even start doing hair a little bit at home on a head block or even on um, putting a mood board for example then I'm going to Michael Kelly I show him the images of what I've done and he give again the feedback and I go back to work on it. It's a process of three months. So I'm not looking on the category what I'm doing. I'm just looking on my vision. Okay. And whatever I feel like I want to express myself, whatever I want to uh, talk about in my images that I'm going to create, that's how I'm going with it. Okay. I'm not going with, oh, I want to do this color and I want to do this color. What are the subject I want to talk about? Okay, Why so it's do like I want to show? Yeah, it's mood, more emotions, yeah. more sometimes even drama. Sometimes it's even coming from music. So it depends what I want to show for my work, my images. What do I want to put in that image? Okay. What do I want to talk about? Okay. Okay. I want to put something mysterious on that kind of images, and then a, a little bit more um, story. You know, yeah. it's a storytelling when you're doing a collection. Because yeah. you want to create something that all coming in together or telling something inside these images. Right. And I think that's why it's so beautiful of creating a collection. Yeah. And that's what beautiful of creating um, images and also um, competing in a photography competition for hair. Yeah. And is it important to you to bring something technical, some, some new 
way of working with the hair is that is that a top priority or is that does that just come I think that's come with the process it's yeah. a journey I'm not looking again on techniques or um, or um, specific things I'm looking of what I want to say here yeah and the techniques come in with the process and the experiments because you I try to experiment different techniques in the same time and see what works for that kind of image that I want to capture. Yeah. If that makes sense. Yes, yeah, yeah, definitely. And um, how does this fit with, you are working for a large company, massive company, with a lot of people. They spend a lot of money and time and effort on photography. Obviously they have a, a brand and a, a product to sell. How do you, how does that fit with your working for Tony Guide? Do they get involved? Do they say, come to us with ideas and we'll help you? Or is this something you do away from? So what nice in the Tony Guide that we kind of, it's still family. Yeah. It's always been a family and an up-to-date family. So when we shoot, everyone help each other to right. get into that goal. For example, every shoot, you have minimum five, six, seven people from in Tony Guide hairdresser that helping you in the shoot. Okay. So that's insane good help. Yeah. Obviously, all of them knows that this is the vision. That's what we're doing on this day shoot. Yeah. Because it's, for example, Tomo shoot or it's Scott shoot or, or um, Indira shoot or, or Michele yeah. shoot. It doesn't matter who is shooting. It's his vision and everyone together as a team, whoever is uh, booked on that shoot, helping yeah. to get that goal. And that's what beautiful in Tony and Guy yeah. because we help each other and we are a team. Yeah, and I know from judging various competitions over the years and obviously looking at the work of people like Indira and um, Effie Davis is, is just always been very avant-garde, experimental. But so nobody sits there and says, Toma, that's too expensive and it's nothing to do with what Tony and Guy Salons do. They really do help you to have the freedom. They don't limit you or... No, I, I, I never had a limit. Uh, like something right. that said to me no no it doesn't you know fit. i always go to for example i show course my idea yeah. and he give his feedback you know in terms of like yeah. you can't do that you can't do that you give feedback of how we can improve it and wow. make it better for that kind of shoot because he got the most experience yeah um, uh, for the shoot and he won like five times i think yeah. share this award so he's so grateful he's like one of my biggest mentor him and daniele yeah um that when I came with the idea, he gave me a feedback how we can do it better. Yeah. And that's amazing. I think it's beautiful. Yeah, yeah, it is. Every young hairdresser that want to involve and be part of photography uh, and a young hairdresser and Tony guy, it's it's a great skill and yeah. it's a great mentoring to have. Yeah, it's amazing. So Bruno, as a company owner and a team leader, obviously it's fantastic. I mean, but Tony guy is massive and has deep pockets how does it work for you when you have people who come to you and say look I'd really like to do this really like to do that. obviously there's you know I know as a business owner well, the first thing on your head goes to is like yeah. how much is that going to cost I me mean, I mean I kind of you know I try and how I try to work it when we had the five salons it was kind of my figure on the sums were two thousand pounds from each salon okay right. that gives me 10k to do a shoot right now like um, Tomei was saying, we're a, a team and there is always like this myself, Dan, Marcus and we have some other team members working together on the day. 
we would always book eight models. Right. And we shoot the main story of the collection, what we want to achieve and what we want to do. And then like in 2021, my nephew Paolo, um, who was 20 years old at the time, he was on the shoot and all the models that we were finishing with, I said, right, that model's been shot, take her away and do your thing now. Yeah. Do what yeah, you want to do. Because yeah, we've yeah. still got some time. Mm. And um, I was not kind of helping him and I was watching things and I feel like what Tomea saying, you give a little bit of advice, but they come up with the passion. I mean, mm. just listening to Tomea today, he's so passionate, creative. I'm, I'm just loving listening to what he's saying. And there was a shot that Paolo did where for the artistic team, we did this braiding with all black and white cotton. Yeah. And we shot it in black and white. And it was all like technical braids and everything. And when we dismantled her hair and we threw this cotton and everything on the floor, Paolo just did a simple pull back hair up with a, a knot, with mm. a clip. And then he got the cotton and he wove it through the hair and just let it fall on the front. Yeah. And I looked at it, I was like, oh my God, that looks fantastic. Yeah. And we shot it and... You know, it was his first time and he got through for Newcomer mm. and he was over the moon. I was ecstatic for him. Yeah. And it's little things like that that happen that you see the younger ones bring to the table yeah. with their creativity. I mean, I remember Tomei's collection. I mean, it smacked you in the face when I was judging it. Yeah. You just thought, wow, who, who did that? Because yeah. it was well, so different <laughs> and um, it was out there. Yeah. Uh, but um, yeah, I always say there are moments when you're shooting and you can relate to this Tomei, it just becomes magical. Yeah. You see it and you think, oh my God, like I've done my first collection when I won in 2007, one of the big awards. I did this look and this model came in and she was a Russian girl and she had hair down to the belly button, but she had such a beautiful face mm. and I wanted to use her, but I didn't have a, an idea exactly what I was going to do with the hair because she had so much hair. Mm. And I basically split the head into two. I did two wraps and it looked like um, she was an air steward, the mm. way I did the hat. It was mm. very, you know, Thunderbirds, if you like. Yeah. <laughs> and I did it in like 15 minutes. Yeah. We shot it and I just said, right, I've got it. And I had this model booked for four hours. Yeah. And I basically, in an hour and a half it was done. I said, look, we're not gonna beat that image. Yeah. Stick with it, that's it, job done. Mm. And we won the award. So yeah. there's times you know in yourself, yeah. I think, because I've been doing it so long now, I mean, Christ, 30 years I've been doing. Yeah. And every year I've been shooting all those years. Yeah. So tell me about, so Bruno, you do shoots for yourself, shoots with the team. And Brad. Shoots for your company, the brand, brand, the international yeah, exactly. um, creative director at Joyco. So you're yeah. doing shoots for them. How do you start? So how important is it to get the brief? Well, I'll give you an example. Last year we've, I had this put on my lap um, towards the end of last year. And normally, because Joyco are an American brand, mm -hmm. and the Americans do all their collections. And if you looked at Joyco in the past, it's all very red lips, white teeth, mm. and bleach blonde, over-processed hair. And they gave it to Europe to do, because they liked some of the stuff I was doing, and they said, you know, we'd like Bruno to do the ad campaign. So first of all, I've got to sit down, I've got to think, these images have got to go South Africa, all of Europe, yeah. America and I've got to do the America's brief yeah. was so different to the UK and Europe brief because America want smile yeah 
they want they don't want mood or you know so I did the shoot in London and choosing all the models and I actually went and met all the models and I was just having conversations to see how they smile and make them laugh because I'm thinking I've got to do one day shoot here yeah. for the American market yeah so they were all a bit smiley but I didn't want them to be cheesy yeah you know like a passport photograph something <laughs> yeah. like that and of course I'm literally behind the photographer Jamie pulling faces and everything just to get the girl to give a little bit of a natural smile yeah. because as soon as I said to them smile they're not used to it because they're yeah. all about the edge the European the way that yeah. we do it here in the UK so I shot one day for the American market and then the other day we shot for Europe and South Africa and everything else and um, I had to appease both and everyone liked it so we had I shouldn't say it but we had the cheesy smile mm. and we had what I call the European edge yeah and the brief was all about, they wanted, when you see Joyco, they like white background. They like white dresses. Yeah. They wanted sunshine lighting, which sunshine lighting is a massive one light behind the cameraman, which lights up everything mm. like you're on a beach. That's why they call yeah. it sunshine lighting. So my brief was quite strict. And as a creative director, when you want to go off and do these things, so that's why I split it and said, look, we'll do the one day the American market and we do this the smiley and then the next day is more European and a bit more edge with a bit more attitude in the model's face mm. and the second day was a lot easier for me yeah it's a bit do. more yeah, yeah you weren't having to push it I think um, so in I'm also interested where I'd like to take this conversation is so photography is is very much embedded in the hairdressing industry particularly over here it's driven by awards and by media what about film? Are you starting to take, because I'm super interested in film and I just think it's like with our, the way we use our phones, where we use social media, film to me is really the way forward. Do you film your shoots? Do you create pieces of film while you're shooting? Tamar, do you do film? So I didn't do much film in the last um, collection, just last uh, collection that I just um, shot for the new year. I did a little bit filming, but not much. So I'm kind of been new into filming. Yeah. Um. So I have like friends that she's doing a lot of videos, so she helped me a little bit doing the films. Uh, but I think it's it's something really important because you can uh, put uh, whatever, for example, if you're doing backstage or if you're doing something for um, social media, it's really nice because then you got. Uh, you can explore yeah. in, into your the story. Yeah, yeah. Exactly. And even for a, as a consumer, you, you know, I do a lot of shopping online, um, clothes shopping and so on. Now I'll be on sites where it isn't just a picture of what that outfit looks like on that person. Then it's a bit of moving film. And the it's model walking, and the walking yeah. yeah, swinging the dress. And yeah. obviously that makes sense with hair. Why wouldn't yeah. we want that with hair? Are you filming? We film. I started filming in twenty eighteen. Right. Filming all behind the scenes and all the shoots and everything, which again social media it works really well and then breaking yeah. it down into 20 second little slots i'm useless at it myself so obviously i pay a guy um john willoughby who i work with and he does all of it for us and then it's quite good because he films from makeup when the model walks in so everything is really raw to the finished result and when she comes off set and then we do that and then we actually finish once jamie's done the imagery all finished we put that in with the collection and it works really well because when I'm doing shows abroad, I've got the whole behind the scenes and then bang, the finished image. Yeah. And people tend to like that because they see where the start was. Yeah. And like even on Instagram, I will put the models 
which I've done, you most probably seen it, where I put the model when she walks into the studio before, yeah. Yeah. and then the finished image. Yeah. And yeah. people are just like, wow, because obviously yeah. it, they are so different. It's more authentic. And I, you know, a little shout out here, we have, um, for example, Hair Clips TV is a platform that we run. You know, I just think film, you should be doing film and sending it in and sharing. I think it's, oh, it's it, you know, it's really exciting to have film for mm. both the wonderful finished graphic things you can do, but also to show the authenticity of it. Well, I can send real. you all the stuff that we've done on our two categories that we've entered with the tribute. Brilliant. Send it over. So, so anybody listening can send yeah. it. Hairclips.tv. Have a look. Which brings me to kind of like where we kind of need to go inevitably, a conversation about authenticity and AI, artificial intelligence. We, it's like, where are we going with this? That now you don't need to be a hairdresser, you don't need to be a photographer, even you can create images. It's, it's like AI is coming. Where are we at with our heads with that? Is this kind of finish us off? Um, on the one hand, I know Bruno, you and I were chatting but, about this yeah, earlier. Yeah, and, and talking with Tomei, he said something which hit home. It hasn't got a heart or a value. Yeah. Yeah. It's a bit like winning the exams and someone's done it all for you. Yeah, what's the point? What is the, point? the point? I think people with real passion wouldn't get involved and wouldn't do that. But mm. then I would say there is a percentage that don't care and just want to climb the ladder and would use AI. I mean, I've just dabbled in it a little bit with Jamie and I've seen what it can do. And when I first see it, I thought, my God, it was amazing, but also scary. Yeah. And then, you know, we had the um, bosses of Joyco there as well. And you're thinking, well, will I be unemployed? Yeah, because <laughs> they just get AI to do their campaign shoots. They, yeah, it, yeah, exactly. So I don't know. It's I think it's a little bit soon at the moment, but I think generally moving forward it is going to hit us in some form. I mean, there's already been a photographer competition in America mm. where a guy actually did um, this beautiful landscape and everything, and it won the photography competition and then he came out and said well this was That's all right. AI. yes it was AI. but don't you think in a way i think it's it's we're going to ride the wave a bit but it, i think it, it will come back around because didn't we already have ai in a way on social media where you could manipulate pictures you could make yourself you know uh, photoshop faces you know everyone thought I, kim kardashian looked like this but actually she looks like that sort of thing so it, i'm kind of i, I, I think for me i love the purity of having my shot before and after i am such like i don't want this retouch i don't want that done i don't want this if she's got a mold then leave it there please yeah you know i like some of it now you know going back to the early days when i used to do photography everything was like what i call mannequins yeah exactly i remember that as a magazine editor you'd yeah. get pictures in where the, the outline was so clean it couldn't yeah. possibly be yeah, anything I definitely other agree with you. That yeah. little things, that's that's make the difference in the image. And it you keeps make the model, yeah, yeah, exactly, real. Really yeah. real, and I think yeah. that's really important. Not retouch too much the yeah. images. And then I think at the moment, there's a bit of a sort of, you know, two sides, because you've also got a big vogue on TikTok and Instagram for and for people not wearing makeup. You know, Michelle Pfeiffer's posting pictures, of this is what I really look like. So I think, I think people are kind of aware. It's like, it's like music, it's like art, it's like anything. You can have have it made. Mm. You know, we could all have IKEA furniture and nothing hand-carved. But actually, we are people with emotions and a heart. So hopefully, that will Well, I think, we, like with Dan Spiller and his colour collection, we use a lot of our clients. And they love it that we use them. Yeah, real and people. it's real. And 
you know, when you win awards with your clients, mm. and then your clients, we put them on the inside of the salon, the colour work, because we don't put them so much in the window because they're all more glam yeah. shots. But when Dan does his, you know, funky colours and his placement and patterns, and you have to use clients because a lot of the models now... Yeah, won't have that. You won't have that, and you can't be as creative. And then if you do get one model that you choose this colour on and you do something creative, you've got her, you've done the work, but then she can be used in other people's collections and it hasn't changed. Yeah. Because it's about the photographic image and it's not about... Yeah. I think it will help. It'll force us to hopefully tidy up our our business a little bit, but I'm not too worried about it because I think at the end of the day. If you're not worried, then I won't be worried. (laughs) (laughs) I think. Do you know what? There's too many people making money out of not using AI. What's going to happen to the photographers, the musicians, the models, the media people? Oh God! You know the craftsmen. I I don't think it's in anyone's interest to really go down that route. Difficult one because in the end. That's the future, but in the end of the day, they will ruin a lot of like different jobs mm. in the industry and even different industries. Even mm. writers. Yeah. Now you can write on um, ChatGPT to write your paragraph of your things, and you yeah. can write a book. So even writers yeah. can lose their jobs. So I think, in somehow yes, some pe- a lot of people will use it, but in the same time, I think it will still be a room for creative people yeah. like us to still yeah. be there. I think we have to learn to use it rather than be controlled by it. And exactly. there's going to be extreme examples where it's abused or not used in a very helpful way. Yeah. All cheat. Exactly. But at the end of the day, yeah. cheating. The journey is the, the yeah. most important thing. Yeah. And not just go straight away to it. Yeah. I think you learn by failing. I've always said that. And I've failed I loads. Agree with you. <laughs> <laughs> I totally agree with you. you. You pick it up and you think, God. When I look back at some of the collections, I think, what was I thinking? (laughs) (laughs) Well, here's to more failing successfully and moving on (laughs) and invention. Thank you so much. I think that's us. We've a little race through the whole world of photography and there's loads more to say. But if you've enjoyed listening to this, then obviously do drop us a line and um, have your say. And maybe we'll revisit this conversation going forward. But in the meantime, thank you, Tomo. Really appreciate you joining us. Thank you, Bruno for all your insights. Thank you, Nikki. As always, pleasure. Good. Thank you so much to my guests, Tomer Nagar and Bruno Mark. That was a really interesting conversation about all the ways we need to think of photography fitting into the hairdressing industry. If you like what you heard, then please visit our library of podcasts. You can jump onto iTunes, Spotify, or any good podcast platform. Please don't forget to rate and review us on the iTunes charts as it helps us to progress and reach more people. Until next time, thank you.